What's up, guys? Welcome into a week 11 edition of Chargers Weekly. Chris Harry with you, as always, joined by Matt Money-Smith during the 2021 season. Money, uh, tough loss to the Vikings, but I look at this three-game stretch coming up, starting Sunday night against the Steelers. It's a critical stretch to determine what this team is going to be this year. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, my, my stretch went two games before. So I thought about the way this schedule looked coming out of the bye, and obviously the Patriots, and now we've seen it back-to-back weeks. They're a lot better than I probably thought they were when we came out of the bye and the Chargers came out of the bye. And, and this was kind of the start of their streak, right? They probably looked at this stretch of games and said the same thing, and they have performed admirably and look like one of the best teams in the AFC. To me, that was a stumble. Uh, the Eagles game, I thought, was more of a struggle than it needed to be, but that team looks to be a lot better than maybe their record suggests, and they might find themselves back in the mix in the NFC. Uh, so we're in, like, to me, we're in the middle of that, and it's not a good start. One and two, you know, going back to that start there, and now you have the Steelers that are really banged up, and I know Brooke is kind of in a little bit, is going to give us a little bit more insight as to who's hurt and, and who's on the COVID list and who might be playing. But then you got the Broncos, and the Bengals. And to me, that's the stretch, you know? So yeah. it's three before, three after. I feel like this team's got to go 3-0 and over this stretch. I really do. I think you've got to get out of here um, with, at least four, with, with at least four wins. That's what I was looking at. you got to get four of these six. And, man, it's a, it's a rough start. But Coach Staley said it, you know, yesterday to the media. It's time to, you know, pull up them bootstraps, them bootstraps and get after it, man, because th- this is where their season's going to be made or lost. Yeah, start Sunday, and you said it, Brooke Pryor of ESPN covers the Steelers. She's going to join us a bit later to get this week's opposing view. But, Monty, we're going to bring up our guy, Jeff Miller, LA Times, to break down what we saw last Sunday and what we can expect against the Steelers. And Jeff, I don't know if you just heard us speaking. If you could just go back to Minnesota, uh, what do you think was the, the biggest reason why the Chargers lost? Well, I, I think we uh, we saw at the end of that game that the defense just could not get off the field, just could not get the offense the ball one more time. And what's happened with this team after that nice hot start they had is we've run into that thing you see a lot of times in football where the offense plays well, the defense doesn't play well. The defense plays well, the offense doesn't play well. They can't get it meshed up. And uh, that game, on, you know, the game against the Vikings was was the perfect example of that, where they needed, you know, the defense has been pretty good for a lot of the season. They need a stop there. They just can't get it. And, uh, and so they weren't able to get the ball back to a quarterback who we've seen. Uh, you know, I think everybody would have expected that had the Chargers got the ball back, they would have at least uh, made it more interesting than it ended up being at the end. And, you know, and we've seen in the stretch, you know, you guys have talked about this is a rough stretch. And, we've seen this this offense struggle and when when Herbert doesn't play well Justin Herbert doesn't play well and the offense doesn't uh perform at a a level we've seen they're gonna struggle that's just the way it is so um you know they need to get back uh kind of back into a little bit of a role and and maybe get away from some of these really good defensive coaching stabs they've gone up against and and uh and we'll see I mean it does it you know we're now we got Mike Tomlin who's yeah. been doing this for a while too. So, but doesn't that part of it might not uh, come to come to pass? But yeah, it's just they, they're they're just uh, you know it's the NFL and these these games are tough and you, you saw it you, you just see it every week and they're they're just they become victims of the NFL. Jeff, would you if you had to diagnose it or, or the fans were asking you 
which side are you more concerned about the offense or the defense? I, I think the defense is going to be okay that, you know, they've been pretty good uh, against the past most of the year uh, that, you know, they've had some issues the last couple of weeks with that, but you know, I think the run defense is better than it, than it was. I think that was the big concern right early on was they couldn't stop anybody. I think we've seen now teams are still running on them and trying to run on them, but they're not getting gashed like they were. Um, so I think that's going to be okay. The offense, the concern is just, you know, they've, it's on them. The offense is going to win games for this team. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And when they, they, the, the defense isn't good enough to win games, but I think they're good enough to keep the, you know, they're good enough to, I mean, not, the defense isn't good enough to win games on its own. Uh, they just haven't shown the ability to turn the ball over enough uh, and just uh, make, you know, big splash plays on defense to turn games. But so it's going to come down to the offense. And, and th- so the offense has got to, got to get this sorted out. And I, I, I think we've seen in this, this stretch that they, you know, they've been out coached a little bit and, and they, they aren't, they aren't making adjustments during the game like they should. And, and I think a lot of that's just, uh, you know, a new system maybe is part of it. And again, I, I do think it has a lot to do with who they've been playing. And, um, uh, and they, uh, if I was, you know, more concerned about one, one way or the other, it would be the offense just because of what we've, yeah. you know, when this, when this goes bad, it, they don't look good. You know, there's too many three and outs and they just, they seem out of sync and they just can't get it back together. And when we talk about the offense, Jeff, it seems like we're, we're talking about Justin Herbert the most, but the running game, if you take Austin Eckler out of the equation, running backs on this team have 221 yards total this season. And one of them was a 75 yard run by Justin Jackson. So take that out 146 yards. Justin Herbert is your second leading rusher. Uh, I look at what the, the Steelers, that Steelers Lions game and the way that Detroit ran the football. If this offense is going to get back on track and, and keep your defense off the field, you have to find a running game and you have to find it with Austin, but you also have to identify a running back too. And if that's Roundtree or Kelly or Bradwell or Justin, Bradwell. Back, it's got to be somebody because I think November, December come, you got to be able to say we can run the football if we need to. Um, you know, Justin Herbert's your second leading rusher. It's almost Thanksgiving, guys. That's not a good stat. Yeah. <laughs> if it's after one week, okay, fine. Or two weeks and Justin Herbert's done some stuff. But, yeah, you're 100% right. It, you know, after Austin, there just isn't – there's been no – there's been very little contribution. And, you know, Justin Jackson, we all know what he can do. We've all seen it, but we've also seen him get hurt repeatedly. And I – I don't know what to feel with him, whether you're frustrated, you know, for him or at him, just, he just can't stay healthy. He had the big run and the, you know, the, and then he immediately gets hurt. So um, yeah, they just, they have no running game after, after Eckler. I mean, I know they like to say a lot of the, the short passes and that stuff is there an extension of the run game. I mean, everybody says that now. I, I hear college coaches saying the same thing and I, I, I get that in a way, but it's also, it's not the same as, handing the ball off, pitching the ball back and a guy being able to run forward and blast through a line and get five or six yards. And, um, you know, they just have not been able to do that consistently enough. And they, they just need to run a little bit better. It's not like they need to be a, a running team because they have a really good quarterback and they have some really good uh, targets for him to throw to. So, but they do need to be better running the ball and, and they just, there's just no depth there at all right now. 
No, I didn't just to kind of piggyback that you mentioned it, Chris, and we've talked about it before. I just, I don't understand why Darius Bradwell is not getting a look. You have rotated Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree trying to get one of them to, to be your third back when Justin's healthy. It's nine weeks. I don't, you know, and to me, they need a big back. They need a power back, you know, and, and that is, we have seen that is not Roundtree. That is not Josh Kelly. It's not how they run. Bradwell's a full 230 pounds. I just don't, I can't figure out why he's not getting that. And, and to your point, Jeff, with Justin Jackson, like you said it, we all love him, man. He's great when he's in there, but I'd be afraid to make him active. You know, you activate him and what happens if he gets hurt on that first series? Now you're down to two backs. Like to me, that is a serious liability. Just activating him on game day has proven to be a liability because he can't stay healthy. Like I, th that's what I circle and say this to me is, is the biggest issue of the offense. They can play light boxes too high and force Justin to throw underneath, and they've taken away those shot plays, you know, that we got to see those first four weeks of the season. They're gone, you know, because nobody honors the run. And I know that was, you know, just kind of piggybacking, so I'll just I'll shift it to this then. Jeff, do you think it's play calling? Do, do you think there's – or do you think it's – or do you think the play calling is a product of performance? Yeah, I, I do think that, you know, there is some, there are some issues maybe play calling wise. And I think we've, uh, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of that and I know it's it, it, a lot of it is out of necessity, but we've seen a ton of those, that dump off stuff. I mean, you know, Justin Herbert's stats, his air yard stats are, are crazy low. He's just, he's not throwing the ball deep and, and 29th in the league, right. 29th yeah, in the league in air yards right now for the guy that has arguably the strongest arm in the league. <laughs> Exactly. And the one thing we all know he can do, right, is throw the ball deep and they just can't do it. And I think, uh, you know, to your point, uh, Matt, I think you're right. A lot of it is that what the defense is they, they've figured out. We're not going to give this up. We're just, you know, we're not going to let this guy just sit back there and throw the ball deep. We're going to make them run the ball. We're going to make them dump it off, try to throw it short, stay patient, try to execute, make you know, these long marches down the field. And, and that's not really the way this offense is, uh, you know, that, that this offense doesn't perform well under those circumstances. We've seen it. And I, I, I do think a, a lot of it has to do with what the defense is doing. I think a lot of it is the play calling. And they've just got to, you know, they've got to figure out ways. It's, it's just the same, you know, it's an old football problem is you've got to figure out ways to get those big plays that aren't Justin Herbert standing back there and throwing the ball 50 yards in the air. And we'll see if they can do that. And, you know, you know, Brandon Staley talked about it the other day where that's what they've got to do. They've got to figure out other ways to get big chunk plays and they're not getting in the run game. We know that. And they've just, they've got to figure out ways to do it because defenses are not going to allow, uh, allow that to happen. And yeah, a lot of it, I, thought, I think a lot of it is scheming and play calling and that that's got to improve. You know, guys, every game is different too, in terms of time of possession. It's, it's a number that, you know, you'd have to really dig into the game to fully understand why a team had the ball for as long as it did. But for the last five games, the Chargers have played over 36 minutes of defense, 35 minutes, 38 minutes, and 36 minutes. Yeah. That's a lot of defense for a yeah. team down a lot of dudes. So it, whether that's establishing the run on offense, getting off the field on third down on defense, it's really a, a combination of, of things, Jeff. What do you think is kind of that one common theme that, that kind of ties that together? What do they have to do? to kind of flip that time of possession starting on Sunday against the Steelers? 
well, what we've seen a, a lot recently is uh, the offense can't sustain drives. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that that's a big problem. And, you know, this team was really good on third down. Their third down stats are still good. And they were really good early on in the season. But we've seen it where they just, you know, this they've had too many three and outs. We, we never saw these guys go three and out. It just was it wasn't an option the first you know few weeks. And when Herbert's on and the offense is on, they're not going to they're not going to have three and outs. Well, we've seen a bunch of those lately. And I think it, it, it's that they, they, the offense cannot sustain drives. They've just been out of sync. You know, it, it just looks, you know, and you guys have seen the same thing I've seen is that they just look out of sorts. They look the Herbert doesn't seem locked in with his receivers like they were. And they, it, you know, and they just they just seem a little bit to, you know, just a little bit, um, you know, not just they're not meshing up. And uh, I think a lot of it is just the offense is having a difficult time sustaining the stuff. And, and that's, again, that's another way you're going to beat this team is keep the ball away from Herbert. And, and like we saw last week at the end of that game, that's exactly how the, the Vikings won that game and put that game away. And that's another thing that if, if I was coaching against the Chargers, that's what I'd do is you know, the best way to keep Herbert from beating you and, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is, is don't let them have the ball. Yeah, I, you know, Chris, I think it's it's two things that are quite obvious, right? You know, Jeff alluded to one. I want to say over these last, I think it's four, they're averaging right around five plays per drive. Like that that can't happen. That's one first down. So there's one. Uh, and then two, uh, the Minnesota game was a microcosm of it. They are giving up incredible third downs, second down, first and 25, first and 20, second and 20, third and 20. You know, like that third and 20 catch to Adam Thielen was just crushing. I mean, crushing on that in route that gave him the fourth and two that ended the game. It's a third and 20. And I think, you know, it, look, I, I think there's such great frustration from from fans when you have a defense that's managed to get an offense off schedule. And instead of keeping your foot on the gas, you play that damn umbrella defense or sticks defense. And that's how you end up with an 18 yard completion instead of going zero on Kirk cousins and forcing the ball out of his hands. And, you know, trusting that that guys and athletes like Derwin James or Kenneth Murray are fast enough to make that tackle and make sure it doesn't blow for an explosive play. So like, to me, that's been the big issue is just in this particular scheme, you allow so much underneath that, you, those teams sustain drives and and that's what we've seen. They're not able to get off the field and the offense is averaging five yards per play. Uh, and against look against Mason Rudolph, if that's who it's going to be, I would hate to see that. I would absolutely force the action on that guy. He does not process quickly. I, I do not want to give him five yards a throw if he's comfortable taking it, because to me that, that makes no sense. Play your, you know, and you saw it, look, they play their competition. We saw it this week, right? Duran was up high the entire game against the Eagles. Uh, he was out of maybe 60% of the plays in that game. It had nothing to do with him because he was just sitting up high. Against the Vikings, he was all over. I mean, he was in the box like crazy. He's making tackles at the line of scrimmage. He's getting in the backfield. So I'm hoping that's what we see uh, again, Chris, just to kind of – because I think that's the most critical part of this conversation about are yeah. they going to succeed or are they going to fall off. To me, it's can the defense get off the field – and can the offense stay on the field? Well, Money and, and Jeff, I'll ask you both. With all that being said, they're five and four, and you have everything in front of you. You have the Steelers, you have the Broncos, you're already two and zero oh in the division, and then you have the Bengals, another team with five wins. All three of these teams have five wins. Uh, 
can they get it rolling? I mean, and, and this money, you, you mentioned it. If it's, if it's Mason Rudolph on Sunday, there's a lot of guys out. There's a lot of guys out for the Vikings game on, on both sides. There's going to probably be a, a good amount of guys out on, on both sides for, for this game. That said, this is a game that you should take care of Jeff. And then money, I'd love to get your thoughts yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's been a lot of these games where, I wouldn't, you know, going into last week's game, I, I said the same thing. This is a game the Chargers should win. That doesn't mean they will. And we've, we've had that a few now where they, this is a game they should win and they didn't. Um, and this, again, this feels like a game they should win this weekend. Um, but that doesn't, especially in this year's NFL, it doesn't mean anything. The one thing I, I would say in terms of can they get it back together is it, absolutely. And if, if I'm an NFL fan, this is not the season to give up on your team. Right. I mean, right. look at what's 100%. happening around the league. Don't, don't give up on your team. And it, I certainly don't give up on a team that's got a winning record right now. In the case of the Chargers, I mean, they're they are five and four. We've seen them beat good teams. And and so I think they certainly can get it back together. I don't think there's any question about that. But, it, you know, these are not, you know, minor, you know, these are not minor issues. They, these are issues that they have to um, they have to fix and they have to get fixed quick because if it's Mason Rudolph, I mean, Duck Hodges, you know, a couple of years ago yeah. in, you know, in the same spot, we Knocked know what happened off. in that game, you know? So it, even if it is Mason Rudolph, they still have to fix this stuff. And, and um, I do think it's, it's, it's certainly stuff that's fixable. And I do think based on the way we've seen when this team plays well, we've seen it, we know they can beat anybody. And I, I do think, yeah, if you're a Charger fan, there's no reason to, to be sitting here thinking, oh, my God, you know, the season's over. We're doomed because we've lost three or four. 100%. I'm, I'm with you, Jeff. Like, just starting there, Chris, with five wins. You're five and four. Right now, the Chargers are the seventh seed. They're in the tournament. Yeah. So, you know, th- there's no reason to, to panic. Uh, and you look at the top of the division and you've got a Bills team that lost to the Jaguars and couldn't score a touchdown. And you've got a Titans team that lost to the Jets and, is averaging less than 250 yards of offense the last three weeks. And they're the number one seed in the AFC. So it is wide open. There are no juggernauts this year. The Chiefs are not the Chiefs. uh, And the Chargers already got a win notched against them in their own building. So, look, it's set up. But I think going to what Jeff mentioned and what you alluded to about these Steelers, Mason Rudolph, maybe no TJ Watt, likely no Minka Fitzpatrick, all that. Well, we said exactly that against the Vikings. No Daniil Hunter. No Anthony Barr, no Patrick Peterson, no Harrison Smith. This is a defense that's given up 370 yards per game, and they put up 250 and couldn't get over 20 points. So, and I and I bring that up, I think, just to kind of finish with this. It's a cliche, but I think it's especially true about the Chargers. This is on them that when when they run out of that tunnel, they are likely going to be the more talented team most often when they step on that field. So this is on, don't drop the ball, Austin Eckler, Jalen Guyton, Keenan had a drop, you know, don't allow third and 20, don't allow first and 25, don't allow second and 20. Like this is on them to execute. And I think that's why, and to me that, I was happy to hear that that was sort of the theme of Brandon Staley's last presser. And, and he even dropped an F-bomb in there and, and the, on the all in and stuff when they were following. It's like, yeah, this is, this is crazy. Like you got, this team is better. You're the better team. And now you just got to go out there and execute and lose those mistakes. And look, the Vikings found Waldo. You know, they went after Tavon Campbell. They found it. And and that's on that then is on the coaching staff to adjust. Hey, that's 
this is it. They are attacking Tavon Campbell eight times, seven catches, 170 yards. Like that's fix it. It's right there. It's in front of you, you know, figure it out that they, 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 and, and I believe they have the ability to do it. And I just have way too much confidence in the roster and the coaching staff to believe that this is going to continue to be a downward spiral. I, I, I just, I, I can't, pro, I, I've been able to see it in the past, especially on the offensive line with some of the, te- you know, some of the guys they were trotting out there. It's like, look, this ain't going to work. And I think against the Vikings with Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson, you look out there and, and you see Tavon Campbell and, and Aloe Gilman. And you're like, Oh man, this, this could be a tough one. And, and it was, but I look at the Steelers and the guys they're going to have out there likely on Sunday Chargers the better team. And now it's time to start executing and winning these games. This is fork in the road for a lot of NFL teams. Mid-November, you figure out who you are, and the Chargers have every opportunity in front of them to, to get back in this, win their next three, get to eight and four, and, and then you have a maybe a, a softer part of your schedule at the end of the year. I, I, I look at like Tampa guys too. Like last year, Tampa was not clicking at this time. They yeah. started to figure out in yeah. November, and then obviously you have Tom Brady under center. It's a little bit different story than, than what we got here, but it's just an example of a team that was not clicking, that found it and was ascending when you need to ascend in November and December. Every team so, goes through it, Chris. Every team every, goes through every it. single year. Rarely do you get the 15 and one, 14 and two team. You know, it's it's almost always there's always four to five, three to five losses. Two of them are bad, you know, and you're like, what the heck happened over this? It happens to every single NFL team, and it's all about pulling yourself out of it. That's it. And we'll see if they can do it on Sunday. Jeff Miller, always appreciate you being on, brother. No, anytime. Love it. I just, I, I feel like, you know, I sound like such a dweeb when I, when, when Matt opens his mouth and that booming voice. Stop <laughs> it. I, I, like, I, feel. I gotta, I gotta do the whole thing with him, yeah. Jeff. Jeff, you <laughs> too you, can but... have this. All you have to do is go back in time to when you're around 14, <laughs> buy yourself a pack of Benson and Hedges and get after it for the next six years. That's all you need to do. And you too could have this. <laughs> oh, very good advice. Kids do not try this at home. That's exactly right. right. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Jeff. All right. Love it. All right, guys. Before we get to Brooke Pryor, a quick note to let you know that Pepsi, they're passing out the ultimate Chargers fan experience only at 7-Eleven. Rush in, scan the code for your chance to win some awesome prizes. Bolt up with Pepsi. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 years or older. Sponsor is PepsiCo. For official rules, visit boltupla.com slash 7-Eleven. Also want to tell you guys about Picks for Popeyes. Get this. Every Chargers game this season... When the Chargers defense gets an interception, just show your game recap email to your local Popeyes. Get a free chicken sandwich when you purchase a chicken sandwich at regular menu price. All right, buddy, to get this week's opposing view, let's bring in Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Does an awesome job covering the Steelers. Brooke, I think we talked earlier this year when Matt Filer became a Charger. It's good to see you again. How are you? I am great. I am looking forward to LA weather because it is 50 degrees and dropping and raining in Pittsburgh. So classic November day here. Well, uh, I think it's about 57 today, Brooke. So hopefully we'll get <laughs> oh. the uh, the cloud cover to, to get out of here and give you a, a heck of a Sunday or a weekend, at least, for you to enjoy. We'd love to know, um, you know, Chris mentioned it when, when Matt Filer is uh, is here. He's been playing great on that left side with Rashawn Slater. How's the protection been in Pittsburgh? Because I know that was a big deal last year and something they were trying to fix this year. 
Yeah, uh, it's still a work in progress here. I think this is a season where the Steelers would like to have Matt Filer back um, because the line has been, it has been steadily getting better, but then there was a drop-off two games ago and it kind of felt like they took a step back in that close win against the Bears. And then last week in that tie against the Lions, not only, you know, it's an insult that you tie to the Lions, but to add injury to that, both Trey Turner and uh, Kevin Dotson went out with ankle injuries. They're both kind of day-to-day, neither practiced yesterday. Um, and Mike Tomlinese, he said that he's leaving the light on for those guys. He's he said he's confident in Trey Turner's ability to come back, but I mean, ankle injuries are tricky. So you never know how a guy is going to be able to respond, especially a big guy like that who needs to be able to have that ankle hold up. Um, it, the line is better than it was the first couple of weeks when Roethlisberger was getting hit left and right. I mean, he had a pec injury, a hip injury, all because he was taking entirely too much contact. But it has gotten better. The run game has started developing behind that line. But as a whole, it's still not, you know, I think that they revamped the line in the offseason thinking like, okay, know these guys, you're, you're going to lose the veteran presence that you had with guys like Filer and Al Villanueva and Marquise Pouncey. Um, and you're, you're going to miss that, but they were really bad last year. So it felt like it couldn't get much worse. And now they are kind of seeing it. It has gotten, I think it started out worse, but it's slowly building back to being a, a better product than what they were putting on the field a year ago. Hey, Brooke, what was it like being at that game last Sunday, that 16-16 tie? And mm-hmm. is it as much as, like, Ben Roethlisberger means that much to the offense? Or what happened that ended in that result? Man, uh, I can tell you that I literally laughed out loud multiple times in the press box and also put my head in my hands because I just wanted that game to end, and it felt like it was never going to end. And it felt like each side was trying to outdumb the other side, especially in overtime with those fumbles. There were penalties. There was a missed field goal. But I think the thing that the Steelers miss with Ben Roethlisberger is maybe Mason Rudolph has more arm strength right now and he can throw a deeper ball. The problem was it felt like Rudolph was just so wound up and overexcited that a lot of his passes were high. He was just missing guys. And so I think the hope is this week that if he does have to play Sunday, that they're able to kind of calm him down and get him to be more accurate. That was the one criticism that Mike Tomlin publicly gave of Mason Rudolph was just that his pinpoint accuracy wasn't, wasn't there. And I think that's where Roethlisberger, yes, he's, he's under throwing some guys. The arm strength isn't what it was, but he's more accurate than Rudolph. And he has the poise that Rudolph kind of lacks, even though it's his 10th start. Roethlisberger has led however many game drives. I think he's near the top of the category, if not the top of the category for a quarterback leading game winning drives, but you just lack that experience and that kind of calmness in the chaos. And so I think that a lot of that did lead to the Steelers tying the Lions, not to mention on the other side of the ball, the defense couldn't tackle at all. And DeAndre Swift ran all over that defense. And that is a huge red flag because that's Ben Roethlisberger isn't going out there to make tackles. Having him back is not going to change that. So the defense has to really figure some things out this week. Otherwise, I mean, this could be kind of the tipping point for the rest of the season for it all to kind of finish downhill. I remember when uh, the Steelers were out here a couple of years ago, uh, we were, we, uh, the, the broadcast team were a little upset that it was Duck Hodges instead of Mason Rudolph, uh, have very little belief in that guy. I'm wondering 
kind of what do you think the team thinks of him? Do they believe in Mason Rudolph when he's the guy that trots out there? You know, I, I think that that's a tough one to really get a good gauge on because Mike Tomlin, he he is notorious for speaking to his players through the media, through the press conferences. And so yesterday when we talked with him, or Tuesday when we talked with him, he was very complimentary of Mason, kind of went out of his way to compliment him. And then said, and by the way, I like that accuracy thing, that, that, that accuracy thing, that wasn't great. To me, though, I don't think that's so much a vote of confidence as it is him trying to publicly encourage Rudolph because you want to you want that guy to be as confident as possible. Um, but I think that, you know, given the amount of time that Rudolph has had here to learn not only behind Ben, but they brought in Matt Canada as the quarterback's coach initially. Now he's got Mike Sullivan and Canada as the offensive coordinator. It felt like last week was a huge opportunity for him to show that he's more than just a career backup. And he didn't do anything to change that narrative. Mike Tomlin said he played well enough for them to win the game, but he has to do more than that. He has to play better than 16 points. Um, And he just has not broken out into the guy that they want him to be. And (laughs) I feel like I keep saying, well, maybe this will be the week. Maybe this will be the week. If he does indeed end up playing Sunday, to me, this is kind of a make or break game for him for the rest of his career because he's now had a full week in the game plan. Last week, he was kind of adjusting to Roethlisberger's game plan. This week, it's all him. He's taking snaps with the ones on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Typically, he just does Wednesday. But I, I, I said in a hit before the game that he's kind of a Toyota Camry. He'll get you from point A to point B, but it's nothing flashy. But to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, I mean, you've got to be like, much better than that you need to not necessarily be like a Patrick Mahomes Lamborghini but I mean a Mercedes-Benz a BMW something that's more than just serviceable and right now Mason Rudolph is just serviceable hey Brooke what's the deal with Dwayne Haskins obviously his issues in in DC were well documented and you heard encouraging reports I guess at the beginning of his time in Pittsburgh but then you know he's not going to play obviously and it seems like there's a gap between him and Mason Rudolph a former first round pick I mean is the gap closer than we think or is it just he's just not ready to play football I just don't think he's ready to play football you know I I do get to watch practice every single day um and I can tell you that based on what we see it is similar to the preseason performance in what week three their fourth game where he started and it just it wasn't great. He has some moments that are, that are really good. I think it was the second preseason game. One of the preseason games he had, and he just played lights out and looked like the kind of guy that you were like, Oh my gosh, he should be the the successor to Ben Roethlisberger. But then after that, it was kind of a roller coaster and it all culminated in that final game that he got to start. And it just, he couldn't get it done. And I think that he looks more like that Dwayne Haskins that, just isn't ready right now. And I don't know that he ever will be. Um, I think that there were a lot of things, you know, mechanics and everything else. Yes, he can throw a really nice spiral ball, but he can't do it two, three, four, five times in a row. It's it's very hit or miss. Um, and to me, he's just not shown the consistency that you want out of not only a guy to be your number two backup, but a guy to be maybe the the future of the franchise. He just, I don't think is impressing them in that way at this point. Brooke, I, I, I don't know kind of how forthcoming the team is when it comes to injury uh, or players are. Just kind of your 
your gut on uh, on whether or not you think you'll see TJ Watt out there. And I know Joe Hayden's been kind of listed as limited and stuff, but just that side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, it seems like it's really banged up and, and just kind of your thoughts of who might be out there and who won't. Yeah, because not only are those guys hurt, Minka Fitzpatrick's on the COVID list. He definitely will not be out there. Um, I think that TJ Watt is kind of a wild card. I mean, I think that he would like to be healthier before getting out there, uh, knowing that, I mean, this is the toughest part of their schedule. You don't want to drop a game to an AFC opponent. I think that that creates a little bit more urgency in him returning versus um, some earlier games this season where he was banged up. But I don't can't remember which game he didn't play early on, but I think that they felt better about him missing games earlier versus later. Um, his MRIs did come back negative. That's what Adam Schefter was told um, on both at his hip and his knee. So that's encouraging. It, it looked incredibly painful, but like Mike Tomlin said, like TJ Watt does things that other people couldn't. So if this is anybody else, I think there's a 0% chance that he's out there, but because it's TJ Watt, he's going to grit and bear it as, as best as he can. Now, whether or not that means he's going to be super effective playing hurt, that's another story. But today, Keith Butler talked about the defensive quarter talk, coordinator, talked about how Alex Highsmith needs to step up, Taco Charlton, Derek uh, Tuska. The problem is, though, I, I didn't like this trade when they made it. I understand that they kind of had to, but Melvin Ingram forcing his way out in Pittsburgh is something that really haunts them now because you'd feel a lot better about giving TJ Watt rest that he probably needs to get fully healthy for th- for this gauntlet if you had Melvin Ingram to step up there because the drop-off to me from Melvin Ingram to Taco Charlton is pretty significant, and I think that that's really going to hurt. Mm. Brooke, what are the Steelers saying about the Chargers as they prepare to go east to west? And and you mentioned it. This is a a critical game for both teams Um, with this whole AFC jumbled up. This could have wild card implications. Yeah, the the phrase that sticks out to me when Mike Tomlin gives his I mean, I think this week it was an 18 minute opening statement. Um, where he fully breaks down the opponent. (laughs) He mentioned Austin Eckler as being worrisome. And to me, that is just, yeah, that is concerning. Just the the Chargers run game as a whole because of the way the Steelers haven't tackled very well recently. And so I think when you look at just the, that is the, to me, the biggest area of concern is the Steelers ability to tackle you could put out like a fourth string running back at this point and the Steelers would probably struggle to tackle him. I mean, the, the, the the scores that they were giving up against the lions were just bad. Um, I think that Herbert is a little bit of a different challenge than some of the guys that they faced recently, but I mean, they've still gone up against some of really good young quarterbacks fields. Um, I'm drawing a blank on everyone else that they faced. Uh, just, You're not going to uh, say Burrow. Baker Mayfield. Baker. <laughs> yeah, that I had to skip over that one, and that's where yeah. I just completely forgot everybody else that they played. Yeah, there um, you go. Joey Burrow. I, I, Joe, yeah, exactly, Burrow. He he was a problem. But I, I think that this defense, yeah, not only can they not tackle, Herbert's ability to stretch the field with guys like Keenan Allen, who Mike Tomlin brought up as being a problem, Mike Wallace, I mean – I think that this defense, as thin as it is right now with injuries, and then you factor in all of these uh, incredible eligibles, as Mike Tomlin calls them, that's going to be an issue. Um, And I think that the Chargers offense can exploit this defense in a way that teams already have started to do, but they are going to take that to the next level.
Last thing for me, Brooke, kind of the same thing on the other side. Now the Chargers run defense has been a lot better uh, since the return of Justin Jones, especially last week against Alvin Cook, their best, easily their best performance in that facet of the game. But um, what can you tell us about Najee Harris? Some incoming when they drafted him with all the holes they had on the offensive line. Um, but it seems like he's now kind of proven the, the front office folks right with, with everything he's done these last few weeks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of that, I think, is credit to the offensive line getting better. But I think Najee has learned to be patient in the NFL and understand that a gain of three and four yards isn't anything to to kind of just blow off like oh, it's just three or four yards. It's an NFL three or four yards. And that is significant just to get that kind of just just to move the ball just a little bit. Um, he's a guy that's really resilient. I mean, his snap count is up there. I don't remember what his total number of touches is, but it's up there with the most in the NFL for running backs. And they just, I would say that they're running him into the ground, but he's shown that he's really resilient. He focuses a lot on recovery. He told me he does yoga because he wants his body that when he gets tackled, he doesn't want it to be in an unfamiliar position. So he twists himself into all kinds of ways. So it feels more normal when it happens. Um, but I think he's figuring out how to hit the holes. He's already been good at, at runs at uh, uh, run after contact and the stiff arms, the hurdles. I mean, he's everything that he was billed to be. I think it just took a little bit for him to get going because he had to adjust to the NFL game. He had to adjust to not having the Alabama offensive line in front of him and going against an NFL defensive front. But the biggest thing for him is just the Steelers have to keep him healthy. He popped up on the injury report last week with a foot injury um, that didn't seem to cause him any problems, but he's had 200 yard rushing games, including last week against the lions. And with the Steelers, not knowing who their starting quarterback would be, you would think they'd adjust the game plan to be centered more around Harris. But last week they didn't run the ball maybe as much as they should have including in some goal line situations where they went four downs at or three downs at the goal line thing from the five and Harris didn't get the ball on any of those touches. And they ended up settling for a field goal. It was, it was pretty rough. It's something the, uh, the coaching staff has had to answer to this week, but you would hope that with a full week to game plan, they understand like the offense has to go through Najee Harris this week. There is no alternative. Brooke, fantastic insight. Always love catching up with you. Safe travels to the West coast and enjoy your weekend before you get to SoFi stadium. Thanks guys. Thanks Brooke. All right, buddy. As we wrap this up, good stuff from Brooke, really good insight. And, uh, and Jeff as well. And just listening to Brooke, we, we talked about it with Jeff getting the running game going for this chargers team. Um, the lions ran all over Pittsburgh last week. You got Filer, Slater and Lindsley on that left side, man, use them. No doubt. And again, kind of going back to that conversation we had with Jeff, I think it's so important for them to have the right three running backs. You know, the, I know that Justin Jackson is practicing limited this week. And again, he's he's got to be 100 percent. He's not 70 percent for me and he's active. He's got to be 100 percent to have faith that he's going to make it through all 60 minutes. And then I think you've got to have an honest question. If it's not Justin Jackson, do you want both Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree up or is it finally time to give Darius Bradwell a shot at this because of how important the running game is going to be, I think, to this team moving forward to try to open things up for Justin Herbert so those shot plays can come back. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how they decide to play it on Sunday. Uh, you've said it a million times. I have, I've echoed it. They, they were The Patriots game was huge. You know, the Eagles game was huge. 
and the Vikings game was huge and they lost two of the three and man losing three of four would be really tough considering how banged up the Steelers are and the fact that this is home at SoFi. They got to start winning games at home. You know, they have lost three games now at SoFi. They got to start winning games at home. You got to establish that, that home field advantage and you got to yeah. win games in the AFC. I mean, the, there's no silver lining to a loss in the NFL money, but losing to the Vikings and NFC team, fine. I, I'd rather lose that one than lose to Pittsburgh yeah. on Sunday and then lose to, to Denver or, or Cincinnati. Win the next three. They're all the AFC games. Steelers, Denver, Cincy. And, and to me, you do that and you're eight and four through 12 games and you're feeling really good. You, you still really have Houston good. on the schedule. You still have home games. Uh, you know, you get your home game against Denver, your home game against the Chiefs. Get to 10. 10 and seven is going to get you in in the AFC this year. No doubt about it. But I think so it's so important for them to, to get these next three games starting with Sunday. And the one thing I say, I know they've struggled as of late, but banking those two division wins in September. Huge. That's huge. That's huge. But you have to be able to execute on Sunday and the next two weeks and really move them forward for that to mean anything. So, yeah, um, always love doing this with you, brother. We'll see you on Sunday. That's going to do it for us. Um, be sure to download the Chargers Podcast Network. we got a bunch of great podcasts on there. Running for History with LT Episode 3 on Friday. Um, have a great weekend. We'll see you at SoFi Stadium. For Matt Money Smith, I'm Chris Hayreed.